podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here's Sam Maximan. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes yeah. it. Stamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Pick that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, something finished. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, It's game week 34 and it's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. I am your host, Tadio Chinakira, aka Tad Predicts on Twitter. And I am joined by the OG of Banker Burnett, our resident Newcastle fan, Jake Jackman. Um, I'm hoping a very confident Jake Jackman on this podcast, considering how Newcastle seem to be doing, especially in recent history. Jake, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's good to be back. I don't think confidence has ever been an issue of mine. I don't think I've ever predicted you guys to lose on this podcast, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is quite funny. But yeah, I'm uh, good. Awesome stuff. Well, Jake, I mean, 37 points for Newcastle. Um, they've played 32 games, which is one more than Burnley, who sit on 25 points at the moment. How are you feeling in terms of, I know you're confident with the score predictions for Newcastle, but how are you, how are you feeling about the overall Premier League prediction? Is, is 37 points enough? Yeah, I think so. I don't see Burnley getting to that many points. Um, I probably don't even see Everton or um, Everton getting to that many points either. So I think, yeah, we're safe. We've probably been safe for a while now. Um but yeah, it's quite remarkable considering the position we were in. I think um, I think I saw a stat that even if Eddie Howard come in and we had zero points, we'd still be out of the relegation zone now. So that one underlines how well he's done. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a good last, definitely a good twenty twenty two, and uh, yeah, definitely a good past few weeks as well. It's been a, a couple of dodgy results in there, the the, well, the loss to Everton and the, the loss to Spurs, where we sort of got decimated in the second half, but. There's always going to be sort of growing pains as the new manager comes in uh, and a lot of new players as well. But I definitely think that there's been a lot of good progress made. A lot of players have stepped up and, and improved. It's not only just the players that have come in. There's been players that have already been there that have sort of stepped up and shown that they, they've got a part to play in the next next couple of seasons. So, yeah, it's been a really good second half of the season. But I think now we're the, the majority of Newcastle fans are, are sort of looking up the table rather than down the table and then looking ahead to next next season where... Hopefully, touch wood, we're not going to be nowhere near the uh, relegation zone. Yeah, I would imagine that's the plan, is to keep looking further ahead um, as the seasons go by. I think which is why it was so important for Newcastle to stay up the season so that it just didn't slow things down. They can just motor their way up the league table and hopefully for Newcastle fans it results with them ending on top of the table. But there's still some teams still fighting to stay in the league. Um, I'm looking at, I, I think I think Norwich at 21 points, it's a tall order for them. Uh, Watford, 22 points. They haven't looked impressive recently. But Burnley are the interesting one for me. They've, they've only played 31 games. So they've got a game in hand on Leeds, who are on 33 points. Um, they've played one more than Everton, who are on 28 points. So Everton could increase that uh, lead that they currently have over Burnley. But of those teams, let's I, I think I think Everton Burnley is probably the the battle. Um, or if Watford can rope um, you know themselves into that battle, but specifically Everton Burnley, do you have one in specifically you think is is primed to go down? Obviously, massive news for Burnley with Sean Dyche getting sacked um, last week. Uh, or, or, or does does it depend on who Burnley bring in? Yeah, it's a tough one. It, it's it's probably tough to see Burnley getting out of it. Although they do have some winnable games coming up. Um, the, the dice sacking did seem a little bit strange. Um, made even stranger by the fact they've not really appointed anybody since. So it doesn't seem like it was a plat, a well thought out decision. It was very much a 
an impulse decision maybe there was a falling out behind the scenes uh, it did seem that there was some conflict between the the new ownership and Daesh for for many months now but yeah it does seem very strange it does seem like they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit although they did get a point against West Ham which I guess is a good result all things considered um yeah I think Everton um probably they they just look like a relegation club to me but they'll probably just about avoid it I think that they'll probably get some points at Goodison uh to keep them out of it and even if Burnley do manage to get a couple of wins, I just don't think that's going to be enough now. I think they've left it too late. So, yeah, I think Burnley will go down. Um, and I do fear for their short-term future because it does seem like the the new owners have, have saddled them with a lot of debt and, and getting relegated from the Premier League is is not going to be great for them. I think it's going to, going to cause a lot of pain. It, 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 it would be a lot worse than it would have been in the last couple of seasons, I think in the last few seasons they were they were well well set up financially to to deal with relegation. I don't think that's the case this time. Um, if they bring in a, a new manager, then maybe that will have some sort of impact. But I just don't see who they're going to bring in. I don't think Sam Allardyce is quite the the magician down to bottom of the table that he once was. Um, and and I've seen talk of Rooney or, or Chris Wilder. I just don't see either of those wanting to take this job at this point in the season. Um, they've got a lot to. I guess there's a lot to gain by keeping Burnley up, but there's also a lot to lose. And it it would be a bit of a strange decision when both men will probably have, um, well, I mean, Chris Wilder's well set up at Middlesbrough if they don't go up this year. And um, Rooney's got so much credit in the bank. I think that he he going to, to Burnley would only jeopardise that. He doesn't need to do that. He can see it out at Derby, maybe try and get them back to the championship or see what other offers come up in the next 12 months. Cause I'm sure he won't be short of them. So I just can't see who Burnley going to bring in. Um, and strangely, the, the person that probably would be best for it is Dai. She's now left. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see them getting out. But they've obviously got some good players, but I just I just can't see it. I think Everton will get just enough points at Goodison to, to stay out of it and and stay in the league. Um, although I think their problems are, are not going to disappear over the summer. I think they're going to, if, if relegation doesn't come now, it's still going to be a big fear for them in the next couple of seasons. But, I mean, yeah, I think they'll be they'll be just about fine. Which is a scary thought, um, especially when they see how well David Moyes is doing currently at West Ham. Um, but yeah, it, it should be interesting. It might go to the death um, with the form of these two clubs of late, giving each other's chances to kind of get close to one another. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. And And similar... You know, we've got top four races, we've got uh, title races going on, but we'll touch on those as we get into the fixtures. Um, as you guys know, with this podcast, we will be doing the predictions for this game week 34 fixtures. And it starts off with an absolute cracker, Jake. Um, there's Arsenal versus Man United, the 12.30 kickoff on BT Sport here in the UK. Now, Jake, obviously, we're recording this podcast prior to... The, the 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 some of the midweek games that will be happening obviously um there's Chelsea versus Arsenal tonight at time of recording of course your beloved Newcastle's playing Crystal Palace tonight that might take them to that magical uh 40 point which I think has kind of become more of a a a, 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 a state a statement of getting to 40 points than necessarily being a necessity to stay in the league of late um I think if you get about, yeah, 35, 36 points, you should be fine. So I, I do see Newcastle being fine. But just to get that statement, 40 points seems to always be something that teams target in the league. But yeah, so bearing in mind that we haven't got the hindsight of some of the matches that will be taking place Wednesday and also that that match that happens on Thursday between Burnley and Southampton, let's head into predictions for the weekend because Jake... We've got that big game to to kick us off, as I've mentioned. Arsenal versus Man United at Emirates Stadium. Now, in the context of what we know so far, we witnessed uh, a, a shocking performance, I must say, from Man United against Liverpool last night. Obviously, they went on to lose that game 4-0. Look, it's, it's Liverpool at Anfield, and Liverpool already have a really formidable record at Anfield. But... And Man United, obviously, a lot of injuries, especially the McFred partnership um, wasn't there, which is a, a a partnership they do like to put Scott McTominay and Fred in midfield against Liverpool to kind of get some sort of defensive stability there. And then, of course, um, our thoughts are with Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and his family. Um, you know, you, you 
you wouldn't wish that on even your worst enemy. It's just really sad news for them. Um, I thought it was a lovely touching moment on the seven-minute mark. Both sets of fans clapping. You'll never walk alone was sung. Um, I thought I, I was glad that all fans sort of respected that moment and, and well wishes go to him. But on the pitch, it didn't look great. Um, as I said, it's unfortunate they're coming up against this Liverpool team with the state that their team currently is in to have one defensive midfielder on the pitch. And that's Matic, a guy who I think it's safe. It, I, I don't think it's unfair to say has passed his prime now. Um, I thought it was kind of unfair on him um, to to have to be that midfielder that has some sort of defensive nast to you know in them against the onslaught that was coming. Do you think Man United carry that performance into another away game, another tough away game at the Emirates against an Arsenal side who, to date, have lost three games in a row and are not looking like they know how to score? Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's obviously a big game. It always is Arsenal against Manchester United. Um, both teams are uh, struggling for different reasons. I think Arsenal have been quite unlucky. Um, I think they've still been creating a lot of chances. And it just, especially at the weekend, they came up against a goalkeeper that was just in great form. Uh, I'd be less worried about them. I think the, the results are sort of freak results more than anything. Um, and that they still have been creating a lot of chances. It's just, they just haven't been finishing them off. Um, probably a, a lack of a, a proven goal scorer as that hindered them at this point. With Manchester United, it just seems like there's a lack of effort and the players are sort of going through the motions. Um, they just, yeah, they just really don't seem to be on the same page as Rangnick. It, he, it hasn't really worked out with him as an interim manager. They really need a manager to go in there, be be a permanent manager, and somebody to really reshape things. Um, and yeah, I can't see things improving. It's not even just the, the Liverpool game in result. Like against Norwich, they weren't that great. Um, Conceding two to Norwich is is bad for any team. Um, so yeah, I think Arsenal should have enough in this one. I think that they've got more to play for. Uh, they're more behind the manager and they're just more a more cohesive club at the moment, even though they have their own problems. But yeah, I think Arsenal will win and probably quite comfortably. Uh, 2-0 to Arsenal, I think, is, is a good score prediction for this one. 2-0 win to Arsenal there. That that would be music to Arsenal fans' ears um, to ca- try and keep that top four race going for them. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of um, the state of Man United at the moment. Arsenal, um, I think, as you say, the fact that they seem, at least from the outside looking in, to be backing the manager in terms of the players still playing for him, it doesn't look as bad as we've seen in you know of different teams where they've down tools completely and just not putting effort for example that Southampton game the Arsenal players were putting in the effort they just couldn't unlock um you know Southampton in terms of getting the ball in the back of the net they created a lot um, quite a few chances Saka obviously the most glaring um, of the chances so they're still doing stuff just not putting it in the net and if, if you're struggling with that then Man United have shown this season that um, they can facilitate you getting goals in the back of the net um I'm going to go with a 2-1 Arsenal win just because I don't trust Arsenal's defence at the moment. Um, I know Tommy Yasu, um, you know, there's been news about him coming back and whether or not that helps them with stability. Um, I, 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 I just think that Arsenal on the count, uh, Man United on the counter-attack might have some joy, you know, with Arsenal. I, I find them struggling a bit with transition defence, especially without their trusted uh, Xhaka Partey midfield pairing I think there might be opportunities for Man United to get something there um, it will be interesting to watch the set pieces in this game as well considering uh, Arsenal haven't conceded I still I think that's still the stat that they haven't conceded from ahead of goal this season and uh, and Man United do use set pieces to their advantage at times with the likes of Harry Maguire but we'll move on to a team that used set pieces, unfortunately, to, to you know, for you, to devastating effect. Um, Leicester City versus Aston Villa. You still won the game, Jake, um, when you guys played Leicester, but it was a pretty creative set piece that they used um, on the weekend. How do you think they fare against an Aston Villa side who it, it's well and truly over in terms of the honeymoon phase for Steven Gerrard? I think it's time for them to start rolling their sleeves and really getting, you know, points on the board to start next season in, in a positive light. Yeah, I think Leicester are going to have bigger concerns in this game. I think they'll have one eye on the Europa Conference League. 
uh, semi-final. So that's obviously going to come into their thinking um, and could see some rotation for this one, especially if they play in midweek. Um, so yeah, it's a huge game for Aston Villa. As you say, I think that it has sort of faded away under Gerard a little bit. And you, you see what Eddie, you know, see, see where Newcastle, we've went out over, above them in the league table. Um, and they're both appointed at the same time. And it does seem like Eddie Howe's had a much bigger impact uh, on on us than Steven Gerrard has had on Villa. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a big, sort of a, a big 12 months for Gerrard. He's really going to have to get things going at Villa because they're obviously ambitious. They won't like to be where they currently are in the league table after the, the money they spent in the summer. They're probably going to go again and spend big um, at the end of this season as well. So it's going to be a huge period for them. Um, they'll be looking to finish the season strongly, as you say. Um, I think both teams got goals in them. And I think that with neither team having a lot to play for, I think that there could be a, uh, could, this could be a good game to watch with goals at both ends. So I think I'm going to tip a 2-2. Um, I just haven't seen enough from Villa to tip them for an away win here. But yeah, I think that probably I'd see Villa the more likely winners, but um, a score draw seems like a good prediction. Yeah, you mentioned that um, Europa Conference and, and I, I do think that could also be a factor. But hopefully for um, Leicester's fans, it will be incentive for some of the players that maybe get a start here, but not necessarily in the team's for those uh, cup games at the moment to put in an effort and put their name forward to to get onto the team for for those type of games but um yeah i, I think Leicester have found some some semblance of form of late and and are in a bit of a good, bit of a good groove obviously they had the the 2-1 loss to you guys this past weekend and as you mentioned um with Aston Villa they're sort of tumbling down <laughs> towards the, the the lower ends of the table. Um, so whether or not they can course correct it against Leicester, I think a 2-3 two, two is a good good scoreline. I'm, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Leicester win. Um, I, I just think that at the moment, there's a lot to figure out with um, Aston Villa with getting the balance right there. So I, I think the momentum goes with Leicester for me in this one. And out of interest, we ran a poll on the 7th of January, 2022, <laughs> um, on a Tad Predictable podcast uh, Twitter handle and said, um, Villa continue where they left off in the summer, making smart signings. With the way Gerard started his campaign there, fans will be excited for a strong push into the second half of the 21-22 season. What can Villa achieve this season? They're currently 13th, three points off 10th, nine points off 7th. And we ran a poll, well over 600 people um, voted on the poll. It was either top 10, top 7, or just below mid-table. With 54% um, people thought they would make top 10, 25% said top 7, and only 21% said just below mid-table. So it, it's not gone as many people would have thought it would have gone after the positive start from Gerard the the signings that they made as well um and it will be interesting to track how they finish the season going to next season as jake says they'll be one of those teams that isn't shy to spend if they need to spend um and speaking of not being shy with spending the champions they're still current champions manchester city um as of today, they, they got taken off of that top spot by Liverpool yesterday, but Man City still hold the trophy until it's taken away from them. And it seems that's been the theme for, you know, the last couple of years under Pep Guardiola, where you're going to have to wrestle the trophy away from Manchester City because they are such a formidable opponent in the league. They will be facing Watford. Now, Jake, I'm just going to go out and give a 5-0 prediction out the bat. I, I don't see... Watford threatening um, Man City in any way, whether or not there's Champions League semi-finals to look out for or anything like that. I just think regardless of what team Man City put in, based on the form that Watford have shown this season, I can't see anything other than an emphatic win for Manchester City. Yeah, I think last week's game against Brentford was quite the the body blow for Watford. If they had any chance to stand up, they probably really needed to win that game. They didn't. And I think we're going to see... A, a, a big drop off from them. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finished finish the season uh, in twentieth position. So, yeah, I think it's difficult to go talk too much about this game. I think we all know it's going to be a comfortable City win, and anything else would be a really big shock. 
Um, and I just really can't see it at, the, at this moment in time. So I think that five nil City seems like a good prediction, and I I I think I'll match you on that because it, it should really be a, a one sided game this one. Um, and yes, if if Man City do beat Brighton tonight as we record and then win this game, um, Lip, yeah, I think Liverpool fans are going to have to start looking at other games on City's fixture list for them to drop points rather than, rather than the game against Watford because I, I really think there's very, very little chance of that happening. I mean, the, the interesting thing with that, Jake, is a lot of the talk is going with um, Liverpool have momentum and obviously um, are looking the part at the moment, whereas Man City recently have had some shaky moments. Um, I think they've had tough games as well, which has led to those shaky moments. But... We saw this in 1819, if I'm not mistaken, where Liverpool had the momentum and they were kind of hunting City down. And City held their own and went on to just win out all of their games. We could see the same thing here. I mean, these are seasoned league champions in terms of they've got players in their squad that just know how to win a league title by now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just, yeah, I just can't see them them dropping many points if they do it'll only be a draw or maybe one loss I just, I just can't see it their fixtures for the rest of the season are so nice they've definitely got the better running and uh yeah I think they're gonna gonna be very difficult for Liverpool to overtake even if as you say Liverpool seem to have the momentum I think that you're looking at City's games and you're sort of hoping that maybe Leeds or, or Newcastle West Ham um Possibly Wolves can get something from them, but you know you're asking a lot for any of those teams to match City. Um, even if you think that Newcastle have improved to a degree and, and West Ham are, uh, are near the top of the division, even those teams, it's going to be it. They're so far behind City, it's it's unbelievable. You're going to need City to really drop off and have a bad game. Uh, it's possible we saw it against Southampton a couple of times this season uh, and Palace too, but. Yeah, it's, I think Liverpool fans are, are hoping more than expecting City to drop points in any of these games. Um, and even if they do, there's, there's no saying that Liverpool are going to want to win all their games anyway. I think that Liverpool do need to win all their games to even stand a chance, but even that might not be enough. And we saw that a few seasons ago, as you said, uh, and we might see a repeat of it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one to watch. Um, and yeah, with 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 fans, as as Klopp has said, I don't think that the 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 players or the team will be, you know, mentioning the quadruple or anything like that. I think they'll just be focusing on getting through each game. For the fans, from my perspective, I say talk about it, hope for it, dream for it, sing about it, because you you're probably never going to see a side like this again. Um, in your lifetime in terms of being a fan of a club when your club is doing as well as they're doing now just embrace the moment go with the journey and, and enjoy it um, and, and then if they do it fantastic if they don't um, you know they don't but it was still something quite impressive from from my perspective yeah um, I think it's been impressive but we'll get to Liverpool a bit later on let's get to your team Jake because they travel to Norwich um Norwich versus Newcastle. Now, Nor- Norwich have shown some fight, we can say. I mean, if you if you look at the nil-nil draw with Brighton um, a couple of weeks back on the 2nd of April, that looks a really good draw now, considering what Brighton have been doing of late. Uh, and then they got that 2-0 win over Burnley, which was quite massive. I think maybe more so impactful from a Burnley standpoint considering how far down Norwich were at that point in time. So that was impactful for Burnley-Everton rivalry that's kind of going on at the moment. And then they have that 3-2 loss to Man United where they looked promising. They were creating chances and kind of just suffered to the brilliance of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, How do you see Newcastle navigating this one? I, I think coming off of that Leicester win, um, the way that Gimmerish performed, uh, you know, this past weekend, I-, I thought was an exciting moment and one that Newcastle are going to try and ride to the rest, you know, to the end of the season. And and if that is Gimmerish's coming out party, so to speak, last week against Leicester, I think this is now when he kind of starts taking over the the mantle of being the key man in the team. I know Saint Maximin is still there. 
But in terms of from a midfield perspective, it, what, did you get that same feeling from that performance, or, or am I hyping him up too much already? Um, I don't know. I thought he was. I thought he was actually a lot better when we played Wolves um, the week before, and in, in in the way he controlled the game, um, got on the ball a lot more, and uh, sort of dominated proceedings. I think against Leicester, it was very much an off the ball performance. He made some good forward runs. Obviously, got his two goals uh, and worked hard, but I don't think he was as dominant as he was against Wolves. Um, but obviously, scoring the goals does help him catch the attention. Um, but yeah, I think for this game against Norwich, um, we sort of got got a a, right, uh, a wrong to right after dropping points against them at home after getting Kieran Clark sent off early. I think we're going to want to go and beat them. Carrow Road has, has traditionally been a very bad place for Newcastle. I think we've taken some, a lot of batterings down there uh, in the last few seasons. The last time they were in the Premier League, I think we lost 3-0 to a, a Timu Puki hat-trick. So it's not one of the happier grounds. Um so maybe that will give Norwich some confidence. They've definitely been a lot better recently. Uh, and this is a game they're going to have to win. Maybe they'll hope that Newcastle will be tired after playing in midweek. Um, and they'll throw everything at it and hope that Newcastle maybe aren't as committed. Um, but yeah, I think that in that midfield area with, with Gimoresh and Jolinton and Shelby, I just think we're going to be too dominant in, in there. And uh, Norwich do concede chances. So even though we don't create that many, uh, and maybe our attack isn't as good as it, it needs to be. I think this is a game where we will create enough chances to win. So I think we're gonna we'll get the get the three points here. I'll go for a two one Newcastle win. I can maybe see Norwich scoring, but um yeah, I just can't see them winning, I'm afraid. I just think that we're on a another level to them. Uh, I think this year we might be third or fourth in in the in the form table for twenty twenty two. I think we're definitely showing top six form this calendar year. Uh, and you look where Norwich are, I think that although there's not many places between us in the current league table, I think if you, you take that from the start of this year, there's a huge gap. And I think that it will, it will tell and, and we'll get the win. I think we've gone back to back with the same scores here because I, I also had a 2-1 Newcastle win there. Um, Puki has shown some life uh, of late and I can see him uh, fancying his chances to get a goal in that game at home. As you say, they're sometimes giving you guys issues um, at, at Carroll Road and whether or not they can get a win, I don't think so. But I think they can cause enough problems to at least scare you a little bit. But Newcastle still come up with the points and continue to look up the league table but we'll move on to Brentford versus Spurs and they're the, the late game on Saturday um Spurs get I guess the the benefit sometimes it's a benefit sometimes it's a curse with these top four chasing teams you never know how they're going to react to another team's result uh so we've seen of late but they will have the the benefit I guess or the pressure that comes with having watched Arsenal play Chelsea and then Man United, and then also watching Man United lose to Liverpool and then play Arsenal. So Spurs, you know, fans will have their calculators out well before the game even starts at Brentford. Um, how do you see them handling this game? Will the pressure get to them once again? Uh, we, we saw last week against a Brighton side who's played well, and, and I thought it was a bit... Um, I think people were caught by surprise and I was surprised by people's surprise because Brighton have shown they're a very tidy team this season whether or not they get a goal in the end of it um, that that's I suppose the biggest issue for them but they they, they can hold their own um, in, in most games uh, if not all games this season but yeah how do you see Spurs handling a, a Brentford side that they they uh, you know in 2022 they've done what they needed to do in getting the wins that they needed to get to kind of push themselves out of that relegation battle situation and then not just that they then kind of secured their safety and just carried on going in my opinion uh four wins out of their last five games uh massive win against Chelsea that 4-1 and then the 2-0 against West Ham who's a team that was chasing top 4 I think it might be out of their reach by now and then that 2-1 win against Watford um is this the wrong time for Spurs to be playing Brentford Yeah I think Brentford have been very good uh the last few weeks I think that they've changed formation a little bit I think they've got Embomo back out wide um and Tony seems to play a lot better when he's alone forward. I don't think it quite worked when they were in a two. I think it sort of took away from his game a little bit. Uh, and obviously Ericsson coming in just adds a little bit of X factor to that team. Um, it's going to be quite a good occasion seeing Ericsson um, playing against his old team. 
perhaps future team if you if you believe some reports too. Um, so yeah, that would be good, especially Conte obviously managing it into Milan. So it'd be it'd be a really good occasion for him. It's just maybe a shame it's not at not at Tottenham Stadium, but you know it'll still be a good day for him. But I think Brentford are are going to go for it. They've got nothing to lose. Um, I think they won't be scared of Spurs, um, but I also think they might play a little bit more open than, than Brighton did last week, uh, and that might give the space for sort of Kane to get in the get in the the, the space just inside their half and sort of dictate things. Um, and I think there'll be space for Son as well. I think that, that Tottenham will return to form in this one. I just don't see Brentford having those midfield players that can sort of shut shut the game down in the same way Brighton did. Um, I could definitely see Brentford scoring. I think it's going to be a really good game to watch. Um, not surprised it's been picked for the television coverage. But yeah, I think that um be an interesting game. Could, I could maybe even see Brentford get a two. I could see it's been really high scoring. But I think I'll, I'll stick to 3-1 to Tottenham. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it was 3-2. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be a really, really good game. Um, and both teams, I think, will, will be quite open. And uh, I think it will yeah, be a really good game to watch. I definitely expect goals. You you almost took my score there when you mentioned two for Brentford there. I've gone with a 3-2 uh, Spurs win. I have given Brentford those two goals. I, I think they've caused a lot of teams' problems this season. And I think, yes, as you say, they'll be slightly more open than Brighton are. Probably not as dominant on the ball as Brighton were last week. But... Both teams have strikers that are um, that can be clinical and and can score goals. I just think Spurs have more of them, and and that kind of gives them the edge a little bit there with that three two. But Brentford this season, we've seen it since the start of the season. Obviously, a bit in December they had a bit of a blip there with injuries and all of that stuff. But coming towards the end of this season as well, they've shown that they can be involved in really really exciting games. And they just have this never-die attitude. And I think that's going to come to the fore in this game with a massive 3-2 game, which will be exciting for neutral fans, scary for Spurs fans, um, especially my prediction ends up being right. And they do end up winning 3-2. To to go through a game like that and come out at the end of it could be crucial for them going forward. But that game is on Sky Sports, um, as I say, if, if you are in England. But... For those that are in England and maybe want to hear different commentators or if you're not in England and you do want to watch it on Sky Sports and let's say Sky Sports has been geolocked um, out of your country, for example, then definitely link up with our presenting sponsors. Guys, we are sponsored by EPLindex.com in association with Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You can save with the coupon code EPL25 and that gets you 25% off either your router or your software VPN. And if you get the software option, it downloads to your computer straight away, which is quite handy. Um, Liberty Shield offers a VPN package. As I said, that's a virtual private network. It's a technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect your online identity um, it hides your IP address and it shields you from on, uh, you know, shields your online data from third parties, e.g. hackers and all those kind of people. Uh, you can avoid geoblocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website that you want. So guys, definitely go link up with Liberty Shield, especially those three o'clock games as well. If you're in the UK and they're not showing on TV, I get to watch all the games, um, which is an absolute pleasure. Thanks to Liberty Shield. But yeah, so 3-2 for that one, Jake. Um, you've gone 3-1. We'll see how that impacts your Bank It or Burn It predictions. Now, obviously, Mitch is still at the top of the leaderboard with 19 out of 25. You have 15 out of 25. Last week, Alex got 15 out of 25 as well. So 15 out of 25 has been a popular score this season. I think there have been four of them this season. Uh, we'll see if you can break beyond that uh, and 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 make this title race here on Bank of Burnett uh, a, a bit of a spicy one. We had an absolute blockbuster last year, last season, when Jody and Alex had to play a, a, a playoff game or, you know, to, to decide a winner after they, they tied in their scores. But Jake, how are you feeling? Um, some interesting games, some interesting, very high scores you've given for a lot of these games. Is, is that going to affect your Bank or Burnet predictions? I think that sometimes you need to, you need to treat them separately. And I think that's what <laughs> I'm going to do. 
Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Well, guys, for those of you that are new to the show, first and foremost, welcome. Um, I'm going to ask Jake a series of questions, five questions for each of the fixtures that we have currently discussed. Um, if he thinks the scenario is going to happen, he's going to shout bank it. If he thinks the scenario is not going to happen, he's going to shout burn it. The questions are A, possession over 55% to the home team, B, over eight shots on target, C, over 20 tackles, D, headed goal, E, knee slide goal celebration. Um, and obviously the fixtures, once again, are Arsenal, Man United, Leicester versus Aston Villa, Man City versus Watford, Norwich versus Newcastle, and Brentford versus Spurs. Jake, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to put your 15 seconds on the clock. First one, Arsenal versus Man United. Your time starts now. Possession over 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over eight shots on target. Bank it. Over 20 tackles. Bank it. Headed goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Bank it. Oh, a clean sweep for Banks it. Um, I'll let the clock run out just so so that we've got that going there. Um, but wow, Jake, Banks all the way around in a game you've predicted 2-0 to Arsenal. It's starting to get a bit summery here in the UK, Jake. Do you think that's going to affect the knee slide celebrations? Um, I had not thought of that. Um, and perhaps <laughs> I should factor that into my, my future predictions. Maybe it will, but I can just see Saka doing a little knee slide celebration or Smith Rowe. I think they're the two on sort of looking up for for that one. So Yeah, they do love one. And and I guess if 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 it's a team like Arsenal and it's a ground like the Emirates where they do like to water the pitch before kickoff at half time as well, then maybe it's more knee slide friendly than some of the other pitches um that we might discuss a bit later on. But let's move on to Leicester versus Aston Villa. Your time starts now. Possession of 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over eight shots on target. Bank it. Over 20 tackles. Burn it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Okay. A bit of variety in that one. A bit of variety. We'll move on to Man City versus Watford. The game we've both predicted a 5 0 hammering by Man City of Watford. Um, your time starts now. Possession 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over eight shots on target. Bank it. Over 20 tackles. Bank it. Headed goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Bank it. You'd, you'd, you'd have to think so, right? With five goals in the game, um, someone, someone, at least... Morris likes to score when they're about two or three nil up already, and and he likes knee slide. So, I, I think I get your logic in that one. Um, let's see. Obviously, your team is up next in Newcastle. They travel to Norwich. Your time starts now. Possession of fifty five percent to the home team. Burn it. Over eight shots on target. Burn it. Over twenty tackles. Bank it. Header goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Ooh. Interesting. What was your score prediction for that one? 2-1. Yeah, I can see Chris Wood scoring. I mean, that's where the head is coming from. Ah, I see. And and it, it would take a bit for him to get down to a knee slide, I'd imagine. So he yeah, might I don't think he's a knee slider. <laughs> he might give fine. that one a miss. Um, Bruno Gemmerich needs to work on his celebrations, by the way. I'll... I'll Based on the, the the two goals, one was kind of a, a skipping whilst fist pumping thing, uh, and then obviously the shirt taking the shirt off, which I mean that's a classic to be fair, but got, gets him a yellow card, which doesn't endear him to fantasy players. But I, I would like a bit more creative. He looked like someone that wasn't expecting to score. Like usually they have these things planned. I think he did a little dance with Joel Linton for the first one, didn't he? Did I miss that? I think you might have missed it. There was definitely a dance going on for the first one, and and and, and where it was a, a VAR as well. So you've got to maybe forgive him a, a lack of oh, a celebration. fair. Okay, I I I think maybe I'm thinking of the post VAR confirmation, where yeah, that that celebration tends to be a, a less less dramatic as you know as as the first one. But okay, fair enough. I apologize, Bruno. Um, 
but I will be keeping an eye on him. Um, I've got my eye on him now in terms of celebrations and expecting more from him. But we won't be, I mean, we will be expecting a lot from the next game, Brentford versus Spurs. I, I've, I'm going with this being the game of the weekend, personally. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic to watch. But let's see what Jake thinks about it with his predictions for Banker or Burnett. Your time starts now. Possession over 55% to the home team. Burnett. Over eight shots on target. Banker. Over 20 tackles. Banker. Headed goal. Banker. Knee slide goal celebration. Burnett. Son loves a knee slide. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be the weather, but fair, fair. And it's one of the pitches I, I, I had in, in mind, thinking of not wanting to knee slide. On. Not that it's a horrible pitch, just yeah, I'll, I'll save it for like the Emirates, I think, where it's it's nicely watered before the game, heavily watered at half time. But Jake, that was a great round, in my opinion. We'll see how the scores fare out. Um, as we said, the lead at the moment, 19 out of 25. Mitch Letizia sits on top of the leaderboard. Can Jake knock him off? We will find out. Speaking of knocking people off of their high horses or perches, Southampton did some business <laughs> um, in the on, on the weekend. That 1-0 win over... Arsenal and then they're facing another team that seems to be a giant killer at the moment Brighton have been quite impressive of late securing some key victories for them maybe not in terms of you know that they're fighting for something other than just finishing as high as they can but the teams that they have beaten are in that top four race and and it's caused a bit of mayhem in that race it's brighton versus southampton jake now that both teams don't have giants to kill is this going to end up a nil nil yeah i, I think i'm gonna <laughs> it's gonna be a bit of a boring prediction i think i'm gonna go one one for this one and there's quite a lot of brighton games that sort of end one one yeah and i, I think, think that, that's fair and i think that yeah southampton um and, and brighton are two teams that often do well against the, the better teams and then sort of fall off against the teams lower down in the table and I think we're going to see that um, and also the, the the both teams are sort of on the beach if you would say not a lot, a lot to play for and I think this could just be a, a matter where they both both go through the motions I don't think either team score enough goals for me um, so I don't think it's going to be a high scoring draw but I can see it being a draw and yeah I think 1-1 seems like a fair prediction Um I'd probably put Brighton as the more likely winners, but yeah, I think 1-1 is a is a good prediction. I'm, I'm fairly confident in that one. Interesting stuff. Now, obviously, um, in terms of this one, I, I just think it's going to be anticlimactical. Um, I'm going to go nil-nil. I just think after, after the, the fuss that both these teams have caused of late, um, I'm not expecting a blockbuster game, and I, I think they're just going to cancel each other out. As you say, in terms of playing for something, other than finishing as high as we can, both these teams aren't really playing for something. And it's not even a game that they can cause problems for other teams who are playing for something. Sometimes you do get teams kind of pick up their performance when they're playing a team that's going for a title or going for a top four or something like that to say, you know, we were the ones that stopped them, so to speak. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you with the draw, but I'm going to go nil-nil uh, for that one. Now, the next game is Burnley versus Wolves. Obviously, Wolves haven't played in quite a while. Um, they haven't played, if I'm not mistaken, since the 8th of April. Uh, obviously, there were some FA Cup games on the weekend. Um, and I guess they would have been playing one of those teams. But that's quite a long time to not have played, Jake. Um, do you think that's going to affect them in this game against Burnley, who need to win this game to really keep their, their hopes alive of staying up? Yeah, I guess we don't know what's going to be happening with the managerial situation. I guess if they're going to get anybody in, you'd hope it was before this game. Um, but there doesn't seem to be anything close. Um, I, I don't think Wolves that impressed me when they played against us a couple of weeks ago, which was their last game. I think that they didn't really create a lot of chances. They didn't seem to have that that energy that you'd expect from them, sort of pushing for a European spot. It just seemed a little bit flat. I think they're missing Ruben Neves. I think that they missed Raul Jimenez, although he hasn't been back to his best since he's come back. I think he does add a little bit to that team that they, they missed without him. He'll be back for this one, so maybe that 
that will give them a little bit more of a threat. If Sean Dyche was still in charge, I'd be very confident in predicting Burnley will win here. Um, but without him, I'd, um, I struggled to sort of back them. I don't think they played that well against West Ham, despite getting the draw. I think that West Ham were the were the more likely winners in that one. Uh, and it was only a few good saves from Pope that sort of got Burnley the point. Um, I can't see there being a lot of goals in this one. I think Burnley and Wolves both struggled to score goals, but I think Wolves might nick it. I think that. I think they've just got a little bit more quality. Um, and without Dyche, I just I find it difficult to back Burnley. Um, they've got a new manager in, depending on who it is. Maybe that, my prediction would change this one. But I think I'm going to go for a 1-0 Wolves win. And, and maybe that would be a, a goal from a, a defender or a, uh, I don't know, a bit of quality from range from Moutinho or something. I just can't. I don't think it's going to be a, a classic. And if you if you were planning to watch every Premier League game this weekend, I think this is the one that you could uh, schedule for a, Time to go out for a run or something because it's, it's not really worth watching. So yeah, I'd go, I'd go one nil Wolves, but I, I, I can't say that I'm, I, I'm going to be watching it. And it's at the same time as Chelsea versus West Ham, which we will get to in a bit. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough, tough time slot for Burnley versus Wolves, as you say. That one nil prediction, I've gone with one nil as well. If you're going to bet on a on on any game scoreline. In the Premier League, one 0 Wolves is is a pretty safe bet this season, I think. Um, especially in this game, as you mentioned, if Sean Dyche is there, I think they might shake things up a little bit and 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 cause some problems for Wolves. But I think from a tactical standpoint, as I said, they've Wolves have had plenty of time to prepare for this game. Um, maybe match fitness might be an issue in terms of not having played that, that in 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 that long. But I think if if they can get the goal, um well before the 60th minute then they they'll have enough to kind of hold off burnley for the remainder of the game and and see it out 1-0 and they've shown they've been quite formidable de- defensively this season um we move on to chelsea versus west ham now west ham as you mentioned this is a team that was um right up there in that race for top 4 at the moment they sit on 52 points which is five points off of fourth placed Tottenham. I mean, crazier things have happened. Um, You know, they could still make top four, but I think them having to rely on three teams messing up, the three teams ahead of them, I think is a bit of a stretch of an ask. Ask one of those three teams, I think between Tottenham, Arsenal and Man United are going to take that um, top four spot more so the fact that West Ham have to play Chelsea a Chelsea side who I think will comfortably take that third spot I, I you know I, I had you know when when Arsenal were playing well you heard the Arsenal fans talking about all oh, we could go above Chelsea at some point in time and then when Spurs were playing well you you heard their fans saying oh we could close down Chelsea the inconsistency of Man United Arsenal and Spurs I think is enough to clear Chelsea of any issues in in securing that third spot and I think victories like the one they will get on the weekend a a, a 2-1 win against West Ham will help them along the way in that one so that's my prediction 2-1 to Chelsea Um, they obviously don't have that Champions League um, eye um, anymore this season so full focus on this and the FA Cup uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on Chelsea versus West Ham, who do have something still to play for from a European standpoint? Yeah, I think that um, Chelsea are going to want to sort of confirm their top four finish in the next few weeks. Um, and I think they're going to go pretty full strength now about the Champions League for for the next two or three matches before the FA Cup final. So um, yeah, I can see they go them going full strength here. And with West Ham, maybe have one eye on that semi final. I think that. Chelsea should have the quality to to, to get the win here. Um, I'd probably say two 0 Chelsea. I think it's not going to. If West Ham were maybe out of Europe and still pushing for that top four, it might be a little bit more of a, a classic because we know West Ham can beat teams um, in the top four. We saw, I think it was Liverpool, didn't they? They beat Liverpool earlier in the season. Uh, I think they may have even beaten Chelsea as well um, with Jared Bowen playing quite a big role there. But yeah, I can't see a repeat of that. I think that West Ham will have one eye on the champion on the Europa League even if that's um subconsciously and I think that that should lead to a, a comfortable win for Chelsea in this one so I go two now. Two no win for Chelsea in that one. And as we said, yeah, I think 
the full focus for West Ham this season should be winning that Europa League. This is a fantastic opportunity for them to do that. Um, and speaking of winning trophies, the team, the only team left challenging for all the trophies that they entered this season, Liverpool will be entertaining Everton in a Merseyside derby. Now, usually they like to say that form goes out the window when it comes to derbies. Do you think that applies in this game? Because, and, and maybe this is my bias speaking here, uh, you know, I don't think that applies in this game. Usually we like to say that, but we saw it with Man United and Liverpool, arguably, if not the greatest rivalry in English football. The form did not go out the window there. And then now an Everton side that have been struggling this season, coming up against a Liverpool side that look formidable at the moment. Um, what what are your thoughts on on this specific game? Do you think form goes out the window? Um, no, I don't. I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's quite a tired cliche. Um, I think maybe with a cup final, it maybe does. Uh, I think with derby games, I think maybe the atmosphere gets some up. Maybe the both teams sort of give a little bit more. And, and, and I don't know if form goes out the window, but I think sometimes the sort of the traditional match patterns go out the window um, with a few more tackles and. A little bit more energy, the crowd is up. I think that maybe that that will be true with this one. Um, I think if the game uh, was at Goodison, maybe I would. I'd maybe think that, that the form might go out the window. Uh, but yeah, if it's at Anfield, I don't think that uh, Everton have been very good away from home under Frank Lampard. Um, and yeah, I just can't. I can't see anything other than a comfortable Liverpool win. Um, maybe the, the Liverpool will rotate a little bit, but. I can't see it. I think that the, the spacing of the, of, of the games is okay. And I think that if they are going to rotate, maybe it's that Newcastle game um, the following week. Um, or maybe Klopp will, will hope that, that they can win the, the semi-final of the Champions League in the first leg and, and view that second one as a little bit of a rotation like he did in the quarterfinal. Um, and yeah, after watching Liverpool yesterday, it's, it's difficult to see Everton in their current form and guys cause them any trouble. So I think a, a comfortable 3-0 Liverpool win it's probably my prediction for this one. Um, I think that they'll take the foot off the gas if they go 2-0 up quite early um, and, and maybe rest a couple of those key players in that second half. So, yeah, I think I'll go 3-0 Liverpool. I don't think they're absolutely going to get four or five. Um, I think that they will step off the gas, but I think they will comfortably win the game. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing there with the stepping off the gas thing um and we've seen that from Liverpool, you know, in the last two or three years, which kind of helped them winning that league title is being able to rest on the ball in games that they've already, you know, where they're leading 2-0 and kind of see them out. I I do think that could be the case where, you know, if they get 2-0 up quite early on, they're just going to control the rest of the game. My problem for Everton, though, is... With the way they're playing at the moment, Liverpool in third gear could still go get a third, a fourth, a fifth goal, unfortunately. Um, I've gone 4-0 to Liverpool in this one, and that's with me saying that they will, you know, try and control the game and not try and go blitz for as many goals as they can. They obviously have the, the favorable goal difference against Man City at the moment, which could come into play later on in the season. So it's not like they're desperately chasing a lot of goals at the moment. I just think that um, with the rotation that has been happening at Liverpool, I think it's the best that Klopp's ever rotated, um, especially in his tenure at Liverpool. He's really trusted the sports scientists this season. Um, you know, just even this week, the fact that it was Cater that started the Man the Man City game in midfield, and then Henderson comes in for for the Man United game. I wouldn't be surprised if Cater then comes back in, maybe for a Thiago or something to give Thiago a break. Um, heading into the weekend, it seems like he's got enough players fit this season to be able to rotate, but still have a strong team. You know, he can bring in a Timikas, for example. Robertson has, has, has played two games in a row, and the players don't seem to miss a beat in terms in terms of chemistry and, and the way that the system is going. So I think they will rotate, but maybe not rotate in the way that people think in terms of a, a whole starting 11 changing. One or two pieces every now and then just to keep everyone ticking, just to give people time to, you know, recover fully that need to recover. 
um, yeah, they've managed that side of things really well. In, in, in terms of the derby, you know, does form go out the window? I don't think it does. Um, more so the fact that it's at Anfield, which, like, yeah, if it's at Goodison Park, maybe the crowd can affect the Liverpool players and, and really G up the Everton uh, players to get stuck in a bit more. But with the, the Anfield crowd there, I don't see anything other than a Liverpool win. Even if Everton do go and score early, maybe, for example, I think the, the I think Liverpool will be confident enough to go out and see that win. Yeah, I've I've gone four 0 to that one, and it will be interesting to see how this title race continues to go on. But we'll move on to Crystal Palace versus Leeds United. Jake Leeds have really helped themselves of late. Um, we we know Jesse Marsh came in under a lot of pressure, not just the pressure of a new manager coming in, but the pressure of an American manager coming in. And we know some of the stigmas that come with that. He's mentioned that um, Ted Lasso didn't really help the situation for him um, coming in as, as he's gotten some jokes about that, um, you know, in his early tenure at at Leeds. But I think that's just, from my perspective, it's from, and I'll say this, from an, a football uneducated group in terms of if you if you look at Jesse Marsh's football career um and 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 you'd really study what he's done in in his managerial career he's done really well and he's a very competent manager one of the better managers i would say you know if we were to put the premier league managers in a line so it, it it's good to see that he is backing that up and and he's backed that up with three wins and one draw in their last four games they come up against a crystal palace side that might be a little bit dejected from having not made it in the fa cup to to the finals obviously losing to Chelsea um, on Sunday they will be playing your Newcastle um, today tonight so whether or not that impacts their legs again and then have to play a Leeds United side that like to play direct uh, vertical football where they're looking to break on you and and hit at your goal as quickly as they possibly can and, and pass the ball through through the channels to get there as quickly as possible this could be a tough game for for Crystal Palace but it's at Salas Park. So again, an exciting game I'm, I'm expecting for this one. What's your score prediction for Crystal Palace Leeds? I've, I've gone with a 2-2. That's strange. I think I'm going to go for a 2-2 as well. I think there's oh, going to be nice. goals in yeah. this one. I think both teams have got good attacking players. Uh, and they'll both play a little bit more freedom where the, sort of the jeopardy's gone out of it for both of them. I think Palace... Um, you know, we're going to have a good finish to the season with some good fixtures. And I think Leeds can play freedom of relegation sort of sort of being taken out of the relegation discussion, really, because of the good results they've been having. So, um, yeah, I think 2-2. And I think it's going to be a, a, a good one to watch on a Monday night. I think there's going to be a lot of action in both penalty boxes. I think we're going to see, well, like the Rafinha and Zaha sort of really step up. And and with, for Rafinha especially, so you'll be sort of playing for a move in the summer. I think he's he's ready to move on. Uh, and this is a chance for him to really sort of push those push those chances uh, and sort of catch somebody's eye. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game to watch. And I think, yeah, TT is a very good prediction. I'll agree with you on that one. Awesome stuff. And then we end this game week with a Thursday game, Thursday the 28th of April. It's Man United versus Chelsea. I mean, Jake, could there be a tougher spell of fixtures for, you know, for anyone, really? Um, we've seen Man United... They they had that one 0 loss to to Everton that was mentioned earlier. Then they go on and beat Norwich three two in a game that wasn't made easy for them. Then they had obviously the the midweek loss to Liverpool. They face they face Arsenal um, on Saturday and then on Thursday have to face Chelsea. Finally a home game though, so so they do get a home game um, to to end this sort of run of fixtures, but. It won't stop there because then, you know, the following Monday, they've got Brentford, who we've said have shown some sort of life this season and have made uh, teams fight for points, especially of late. This is a very, very tough period for Man United. And could, does the misery continue for them? Um, obviously, dependent on how they do in that game against Arsenal at 12.30 on Saturday. But coming up against Chelsea, uh, I'm not giving them much of a chance, hopefully, for them. Some of their players, especially the McFred partnership, comes back for this game. As I mentioned, that's usually their go-to for big games, having those two as a base. But what can we expect from Man United at the end of a really, really tough stretch of fixtures? 
yeah, I think we could copy and paste what we said earlier about Manchester United. I think they're they're desperately in need for the summer to come. They're desperately in need for for massive massive changes on and off the pitch. Um, Chelsea are just a much better and more functional football club at this point, even with the stuff going on with their ownership. Um, and I think, as I said I, I, earlier, I think Chelsea are really going to go for these next few games to, to really cement themselves in the top, top three of the league, um, sort of prevent them from being pushed into it. You know, it's, it's easy to say that Ars, um, Chelsea are going to finish comfortably in the top four now, but if they go and lose to, to Arsenal tonight and then lose to Manchester United at the weekend, doesn't doesn't look as safe as, as it did before. So I think they're really going to want to get the job done in these three games. I think they will. Um, I think that they'll 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 beat Manchester United quite comfortably. Um, I'll go 2-0 because I, I never really think Chelsea are the biggest scorers despite what they did at Southampton a couple of weeks ago. They don't seem to score the amount of goals that, that Liverpool and Man City do, but I think that they'll be comfortable winners. 2-0, uh, Chelsea win. 2-0 Chelsea win, yeah, and, and that would um, end the week off quite nicely for them, I would imagine, um, in, in, in their efforts, as you mentioned, of securing that top three spot. Um, for Man United, another tough game. The issue for me is if, if there's one position in the Chelsea team that really scares me, even as a Liverpool fan, it's that midfield. I think they've got a really strong midfield, whether it's Kante, Kovacic or Jorginho however they make they make up that three or that two in midfield with the likes of Mount kind of dropping in and, and you know linking up play between the midfield and attack Man United on the other hand they've got a lot of problems in their team and you know one of those problems is in midfield and being able to battle in these big games in midfield I just think that Chelsea midfield is going to absolutely obliterate them that's my biggest concern for Man United in this game, and what you know, and it's definitely going to allow Chelsea to create enough chances. To me, the scoreline is going to depend on how good De Gea is going to be in this game, which kind of has been the theme for Man United, um, you know, a lot this season. But what can De Gea do to try and keep them in this game, and how long can he keep them in this game, will be interesting to see. Um, I've gone with a three nil. Chelsea win to to sort of end this game week and I'm just going to correct your score here because I see I've I've written down 2-0 but I've written down a 2-0 Man United win which I think Jake would kill me for um so <laughs> I've corrected that uh Man United nil Chelsea 2 there we go for Jake's score prediction for that one but Jake that is going to do it for a tad predictable this week uh do you have anything you want to plug put over or promote before we wrap up um, as always, check out the EPL Index website and the, the EPL Roundtable podcast. Both of those I feature heavily on, so yeah, give, give both of those a, a, a look and a listen. Um, but yeah, just cheers for having me on. Awesome stuff. Yeah, guys, from my end, as Jake has mentioned, go check out EPL Index website. They match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, also all of the news that you could wish for. Jake, not to put you on the spot, but do you have a specific article out at the moment that you want people to check out? Um, I've written a, a couple of ones recently. Uh, I wrote, um, I, I wrote about, I've written about Saka recently. I've written about, uh, I've written about uh, Timo Werner today. Um, that one's worth going to have a look at. Uh, I also wrote about Mason Mount last week, uh, sort of looking at his form and talking about whether he's underrated. So yeah, so there's a few pieces on there. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was eyeing that. Um... That Mason Mount one, which is pretty interesting. So guys, do go check at at the very least that one, but then all of the stuff that Jake is writing, as, as he's mentioned, his title, is Mason Mount underrated at Chelsea? And, and you're going to have to read to find out what the answer is for that one. Um, guys, also go check out the Two Footer podcast. That is a daily podcast with Dave Hendrick. Uh, finally, also go check out a flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. I know Jake hosted that show a couple of weeks back, uh, a couple of weeks back as well. So definitely go check out the the, the EPL roundtable. Uh, follow the show on the Twitter page at Etad Predictable. Follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Guys, do go give us five stars. Do go write positive comments. That stuff goes 
a really, really long way. Um, go sign up for the free predictions competition. It's eplindex.com stroke predictions and you stand a chance to win. All you have to do is go to your game, go and get your game week predictions in at eplindex.com stroke predictions each week. If you top the leaderboard come the end of this 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop, as well as £300 cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. This is why I love Liberty Shield so much. Not only do they allow me to watch all Premier League games, watch the movies that I want to watch, watch American Netflix from the comfort of my home here in the UK, they also are giving away money, which is awesome stuff from them. Guys, I've been Tadio Chinakira. You can follow me on Twitter at the handle at TadPredicts. Um, a huge thank you to Obi Semenya for our guest intros. He's at John Empire SA. Our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. If you haven't yet, go wish Guy Drinkle happy birthday. It was his birthday on the 19th of April. So it still counts as his birthday week. So, so go, go wish Guy a a happy birthday he does an awesome job here at epl index and at anfield index as well um he's been jake jackman that's at jake jackman with two n's on the end on twitter and remember chisinga perry take it away it's glorious came out to him What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, something finished. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Sports Social Podcast Network.